All right, grab your coffee, get jacked up. It's time for the Blog Talk. I'm Jamie Taylor, and I'm here with a special guest, Lee Weffel from Eagle Bank. Please introduce yourself and say hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Lee Weffel. I'm president of mortgage lending at Eagle Bank. I'm glad to be here. Which is kind of crazy because you're kind of young to have that job title. So my main question is, how did you get to the top of one of our most well-known local banks so quickly? Well, it was a combination of a few different things. Um, first off, we have a great team over there. Um, we had a great team in place whenever we started that department about five years ago. Um, and I definitely give the credit where the credit is due. Um, I was not responsible for Eagle Bank's growth by myself. Um, I'm still not responsible for what we're doing today. Um, but luckily, I was able to kind of bring in the components that were needed to get a, a mortgage company started off the ground. Right. And solid leadership is like key to that. Now, when we first met, we were just talking about your kids were a lot younger. Oh, yes. You're mm -hmm. married, have two kids here, growing them up in Little Rock. And we met on the soccer field, or at least we met, my husband and I were on the soccer field when I met you. And you are no longer a soccer player, right? I'm retired. Okay, I'm no longer an appraiser. So we can like legally talk to each other too. So um, so you got into mortgage lending, I, and the reason I even mentioned the soccer thing is because it's so big to Little Rock right now, and it's so important to people that are moving into the area. There's so much opportunity involved with it, right? Oh, yeah. I actually got into mortgage lending as a result of soccer. That's exactly um, what I was going to ask. Okay. Uh, you know, I was born in New Orleans, uh, raised in St. Louis. After school, I came down and went to work for my father, didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I, made, I started making friends out on the soccer field. Um, my father was in the trucking industry realized early on I did not want to spend the rest of my life in that business. Man, pilot trucking is pretty upset right now. And, you know, started talking to some of my friends that I made on the soccer field. Uh, the two of my buddies had owned a mortgage broker, and they invited me to come over to their office and hang out for a day. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. Um, you know him, Heath Lehman, David Kapicki. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, my financial advisor and the guy who does QBot. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I went over to their office, spent a couple of days, and I just loved the environment, uh, the sense of urgency, kind of that boiler room feel. Yeah. Um, so I had a conversation with my dad, told him that this is the direction I wanted to go. It was, you know, 11, 12 years ago now. My goodness. And here we are today. Wow. So now when you're operating as the president of the mortgage division of Eagle Bank, what does your day-to-day -day look like? I mean, that is a, I know at least five to seven loan officers for Eagle Bank that are either have been there for a while or, you know, just recently hired. They're all hardworking. They're all innovative. They're all really intelligent and they're kind of young. So it's kind of amazing. So our department has grown drastically over the last five years. And over the last year and a half, we've actually brought on some additional executive management. Um, the addition of those individuals has really kind of helped my workload and I get to concentrate more on what I like to do now instead of what I have to do. Um, come in every morning, usually put out fires for about the first hour. Um, I still originate some loans myself. Still likes the boiler room, sounds like. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I dabble in the marketing aspect of it. I do a lot of sales training with some of the newer loan officers. Um, I meet with clients. I, I, I don't produce the amount of volume that I used to five, six, seven years ago, um, but I still like being down there in the trenches. So it, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, fortunately, we've been able, with the growth, to bring on some people that are more specialized in things like compliance and operations, those things that I had to allocate a lot more of my time to two, three years ago. Um, and now I, I get to come in and kind of live out my, my dream every day, doing sales, doing marketing, spending time with other loan officers. That I like thing. it. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So then let's get into the, the real piece of it then, because mortgage lending is a direct correlation to real estate, which 
in my opinion, is one of the major things that drives everything in the country. People want a house. They don't want a mortgage. Oh, that's such a great... I like that. You want a house, not a mortgage. That's the truth. (laughs) We're the necessary evil to get the house. Yeah. And then the biggest thing, too, is that I, you know, you know that I have a different view about this than a lot of agents. My big thought, which I, on the podcast, really don't focus on being an agent, but my experience there kind of lends itself to the idea of mortgage lending being more than just some place to live. It is technically an asset, right? I mean, is that your opinion? It's a tangible asset. It is an asset that you utilize every single day. And that's regarding people that are purchasing a home as a primary residence. Um, I know you're well-versed in real estate and uh, real estate investing. I've got a fairly large rental portfolio as well. Um, So when people go to buy a house, it is an asset and they need to look at it as such, but it's a tangible asset. So you live in the home, you make memories in the home, you raise your kids in the home. Um, you spend holidays in the home. So it's it's a balance there, and that's something that I try to communicate both to, to my personal clients that are coming in talking about their mortgage needs, as well as the loan officers that work for me, taking that approach. You know, this is an asset, but they're going to live there, and then moving on from there. Well, where I find that being the most important thing, because this is about what we spend on our home and why, and what I think is the most important aspect there is security. Because for me, I'm, you know, I'm a parent, I don't want to be in a situation where I buy a house and I'm so topped out on my mortgage, something bad happens, I can't sell it for what I owe, especially when I have to start paying real estate fees and if there's a prepayment penalty. So how do you, when a client... That is, that's a great point that you brought up because, you know, I read a lot, I watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube and such, and I'm of the opinion not everybody needs to own a home. Um, not everybody needs to take out a mortgage as soon as possible. Um, my kind of rule of thumb is if you're not planning on living here for at least a couple of years, you don't need to be looking at buying a property for the points that you just brought up. You buy a house, it's worth 100000 when you buy it. You go to sell it two years later for $100,000, take out closing costs, realtor commission, buyer's closing costs that you have to pay on their behalf, and you're in an upside-down position. Mm-hmm. So not everyone is in a position where home ownership is the right decision. It's so refreshing to hear a mortgage lender say that because that's the thing. I mean, think about a 2% appreciation rate, which is historically all that Arkansas has. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to gain it back for at least 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? It depending. Yeah. You're I not mean, in Camac or the Heights. Or, like, it just depends on where you're appreciating. You got to put, you've got to put, you know, the pen to paper there and run the numbers and see what I call is like kind of the break even point. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that I really touch on too, when I'm structuring loans for my clients and when I'm, I'm training and leading my sales force and how to structure loans for their clients everybody's situation is different. So you have to dive in and really put yourself in that home buyer's shoes to be able to structure the loan properly. That's what I think is missing from a lot of this process. So I get like, and I'm just going to be totally frank with you because that's how it goes. Um, people get in this business and they get so excited about, oh, my friend's a mortgage lender. I'm going to send all my referrals over there. That is not the best thing for your client, right? I mean, how does a person even decide what bank to choose and what separates Eagle from other banks in the area? Well, I think it's all about your comfort level with the loan officer. I encourage people, you know, that'll call me for their mortgage needs, go meet with two or three other mortgage lenders and then come back and let me know what you think. I legally have to do that. <laughs> yes, um, but it's, it's showing the professionalism and expertise to make sure that you actually have their financial interest in mind. A lot of mortgage 
mortgage lenders are just order takers. Come on in, sign the documents, here's your rate, here's your fees, we'll get you in the house. But you've got to take the time to dig into that individual person's specific scenario and find out what they need in regard to a mortgage. The lowest interest rate's not always the best option. I put people in high in, higher interest rate situations all the time in order to generate additional fee, uh, you know, lender credits to pay fees on their behalf because they're not going to be in the home for a very long period of time. So there's no point in looking at a lower interest rate because they're not going to be paying on the loan for a long enough time period where it even matters. I personally do a lot of home loans for military individuals that are moving in. They're going to be here three, four, five years. And a lot of them call, what's the interest rate? What's the interest rate? And I ask how long you're going to be here and I'll let you know what it needs to be. Right. That's a really good way. I mean, that's a really good way to do that. I never even thought about that. So you guys are really taking sort of a more analytical approach and trying to decide, you know, for the client, oh, you need an equity position because you're a single parent buying your first home. Oh, you don't need an equity position because you want new construction and you're going to be gone. There's no new construction over here. This will be easy to resell. Okay. It's, I... I think there needs to be a lot more fiduciary responsibility put on loan officers in the mortgage business. I agree. <laughs> you, you, you look at how financial planners are regulated and the fiduciary responsibility that is put on them, and then you look at mortgage lenders, and it's not even close. So you might might have this comparison, and I'm just going to try really hard not to get super excited about it, but it's the same comparison between appraisers and realtors, right? So I know that there's education involved in being a loan officer, and there's a little bit higher of a barrier to entry than some other things, but it's pretty easy generally correct generally speaking yes depending upon where you go you know you have to pass a test you have to obtain a little bit of licensing but it's it's something that can be achieved in a couple days most of the time right so you can do it in a couple weekends on the real estate side and what i think leads to this and things like the financial crisis that we've both worked through based on our timelines we've both been in it since that happened and what you saw on the front side of that and i've watched it in an appraisal office beep, beep, fax, comes across. It's like, hey, appraise this house for $225,000. And I remember asking my mentor, what does that mean? She's like, oh, they're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so she would get the contract. And there were times we busted up deals all over the place because she was an ethical appraiser. However, that is what you're talking about is the barriers to entry. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was fresh into the mortgage business back in, in those days. And I would go to my mentors, you know, because I'd overhear conversations by the water cooler, this and that, and say, oh, are you supposed to call the appraiser and let them know how much the house is worth? You know, because I was still learning. And, right. and you... Like, be you, quietly. Yes, <laughs> you run into situations um, where you, there's unethical people out there. Yep. Um, and yes, I think that contributed to a little bit of the, of the crisis. Um, you know, the federal government wants to blame the banks in a lot of situations. Uh, the consumer had some responsibility there as well um, mm -hmm. but the situation that you just described definitely contributed to it yeah and that's why it's so important to work with an ethical bank and I think that's one of the things that really attracted me and I've been a fan of Eagle Bank for a long time now obviously I can't steer in one direction or another so I have to be careful with that but you can tell your clients what you believe in and I think what's been helpful for me is I've never encountered a loan officer that, that, that didn't have all the information for my client but also said things like this might not be the rest like the right option for you and that's, that's not normal, so I appreciate that. So it might just be me, but there has been a lot of shifting and moving in the mortgage industry in general in Little Rock, it seems like, over the past year and a half. Yes, there has been. Um, and even taking a broader approach, um, you know, there's been a banking consolidation situation going on in central Arkansas. You've had a lot of banks sell to some of the bigger banks, so on and so forth. Um, and as a result of that, you're seeing some shifting around with, with the mortgage departments in the local area. 
um, you know, Bank of the Ozarks or OZK now, yeah. um, they got out of the business a year and a half, two years ago. Um, you know, some banks have bought out other banks that had a, a large mortgage presence, which has, you know, sparked some shifting of, of lenders here and there. Um, but in my opinion, we've got we've got a lot of good lenders in, in Little Rock. Um, I've got buddies that work at, at competitors. I, um, I'll look at it alone and I might not be able to do it for some reason, but I know they can and I have no problem sending that over to my friend at a competitor. Um, we've got really, really good, friendly competition in central Arkansas in regards to mortgage I like to lending. I call it coopetition. Coopetition. Yeah. Yes. So, and then that being said, when you're, when you're talking about this with a client, I come in your office, I'm like, hey, I want to buy this house. My realtor said, this is a great deal. How does the mortgage lender, like, what do you say in that situation and how do you know if it's a good deal? I tell them we'll see where the appraisal comes in most yeah, of the good time, uh, and and I I try to really temper expectations at that point in time as well. I had a loan a couple of weeks ago where um, the appraisal came in for thirty thousand dollars more than the purchase price, and they were disappointed. Why? They thought it should have came in for fifty thousand dollars more than the purchase price. Um, so I explained to Did them. They realize that equity like that is not that hard to. I mean, it's not that easy to come by in this oh, market. I'm aware of that. You're aware of that. But people, you know, tend to have the HGTV ma- mindset, as I call it. Damn the jo- Joanna Chips of the world. Yes, the flipper flops. I'm so, done. I'm yeah. done. I want to start a series here in Little Rock called the Flipping Truth. Yeah. Where we go around and we show the truth. I think you flipped some homes yourself. I have. Yeah. And here's what I learned. Get a good loan. <laughs> we used um, Eagle Bank on a commercial loan. Chris Pledger was our guy. We actually started asking about it with you guys. We're shifted over, hey, you guys need the commercial side. So I have very direct experience on both sides with Eagle and have, was very pleased. What the thing is with flipping property here though, especially in that way, is you're borrowing against the property and then whatever you come out against, you have to sell and pay that loan off and then your initial ob- obligation. So those of you who don't flip property might not be aware of this, but if you spend more money <laughs> than it's worth, it doesn't, you don't end up with a profit at the end. So we have, we have had a good experience with that. I feel like Eagle lends in, in more than just one way too, because you're president of mortgage, but like you said, there's other loans out yeah, there. Yeah. So the mortgage department, we, you know, those are secondary market loans. They get sold off and, you know, you, you watch the movie, the big short and you understand what's going on there. Um, and then we have, as you referenced, uh, Chris Pledger in our commercial department, where we hold those loans in house, you make payments directly to Eagle bank. So we've got, we've got a lot of good options options over there for a good community bank. It's like a birds of a feather thing. So um, opportunity zones, I'm just going to touch on for a second because I just want to mention like, do you have people, and I'm just going to ask this, do you have people coming to you asking for financing and opportunity zone stuff? Not that frequently. Um, we do participate in a lot of the state, you know, down payment assistance programs, ADFA's programs. I thought about asking mm-hmm. about ADFA. That's and a good program. So we participate in a lot of those. Um, but the, the clients that I've personally worked with that have purchased you know a home in those opportunity zones, uh, they liked the property. I don't think they were looking to be a part of an opportunity zone. Right. They liked specifically what was located inside that opportunity zone. That house, zone. right? Mm-hmm. And I'll try to keep navigating around the opportunity zones here because there's a lot of hype around them and I'm sort of trying to unpack what that all is. And I think it's because I want Little Rock to grow so bad. Mm-hmm. And I asked somebody a question about this the other day. I said, how are we gonna grow? And this guy straight up said, uh, not from the outside. Yeah. It's going to have to happen inside. So tell me what you think about that. And you've been here a long time. I've been in you know, central Arkansas for 13, 14 years now, I think. Um, and th- we definitely, we need more inventory. 
we need more inventory. We've got loan officers in, in Little Rock and the surrounding cities, you know, Conway, you know, Jacksonville Cabot area, Benton Bryant area. And we need more inventory in the Little Rock metropolitan area. Um, looking at, you know, price appreciation, units, that type of thing, um, when you really dive into the numbers, you know, the surrounding areas are hot. Mm -hmm. They really are. And then you look in Little Rock and the price points are, are going up, but in my opinion, a lot of that is due to the lack of inventory. Um, I see, you know, a house sold for, for X, you know, two years ago, and now it's back on the market. There's been no upgrades to it, and they've increased the price $25,000, $30,000. And it's gone like that yep. because there's nowhere else to buy. Yep. So um, I think it's twofold. I think the, you know, the, the urban sprawl outside of the Little Rock metropolitan area is going to continue for a while, especially with the way that the economy is going. And I think those opportunity zones that you've described are going to help it grow kind of from the inside out. Right. And from a lending perspective, it's probably the best thing for a bank too to be able to have, I guess, money kind of flowing in and out as easy as possible. Is there a lot of restrictions on the loans that you get through Eagle? Are they pretty easy to qualify for? So when you say through Eagle, there, it's kind of a two-point question. Um, it, the mortgage department is a secondary market mortgage right, department. We we sell all those off and, and we abide by the same rules and regulations as pretty much every other bank out there. And you have HUD, FHA, USDA, so the options are not limited. They're totally unlimited as far exactly. as normal loan products. Uh, but then those, those in-house commercial loans, that's where there's more flexibility depending upon, you know, the strength of the borrower, the, um, you know, the property, um, you know, the opportunity zones, grant money, that type of thing. Um, Eagle Bank is we're we're fairly conservative. We're not just giving money out. <laughs> Dang uh, it! <laughs> but it, if it's if it's a good strong borrower um, and the, and the the deal makes sense, um, you know, we're a great place to take out a loan. So people, if they want to do like exploratory real estate investing, would you say that you're risky enough that let's say someone came to you with a great concept and they could prove it on paper that this would work, you know, and the market had a hole in it? You think Eagle Bank would be game? depends what the collateral is yeah. it's all about the collateral the collateral can easily be an apartment complex mm -hmm. it could easily be a rental portfolio Correct. and Correct. you could play with those things mm -hmm. and and the strength of the collateral is going to dictate the strength of the loan right um you know we we do riskier loans um but there that goes into the interest rate right. um if it's solid on paper the collateral is really strong um we're going to be able to offer a lot more attractive interest rate options and such that's what I feel like is uh, the missing to like, even just to our base that's listening. A lot of them are investments, real estate investors, or people who are just interested in real estate, which is why they follow this. And what, what interests me is that people don't realize, even if you are buying a principal residence, you might have the collateral to purchase that on a different type of loan. It doesn't Correct. necessarily have to be a mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. that, and that's something that, you know, I've personally, you know, kind of recommended for some of my clients in the past. Um, if you, if you have great collateral over here, um, but you're looking to go buy a primary residence, take out a line of credit against that, dig Instead into of paying the, 30 years of mortgage. Exactly. Well, and, and I always tell people, get with your CPA. Right. See if this makes sense from a tax perspective. See how you can kind of shift assets and shift liabilities and such to get the most gain out of it. I love that. It's very, it's very opportunistic to be able to go to one bank and be like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Well, we'll tell you. So that's good. So if you're a consumer and you're shopping banks right now, and you're personally going to weigh the three things that you're considering, which is like for the average consumer, interest rate, interest rate, and interest rate. But for you, yes. <laughs> since you are well-versed in this, what would you advise when you're shopping for a loan are the top three things to consider? Um, 
taking a step back, pretending I have absolutely no knowledge at, at all whatsoever, you know, there's there's that just misconception that interest rate is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the knowledge that I have, I would go sit down with probably three loan officers, explain the situation, tell them where my credit score is, and see what they have to offer. Would you let them run all your credit? Because I think this is important to cover real quick on that. Yes, if you let them run, if you let all of them run your credit within a very small time window, it's not going to ding you like a lot of people think it is. So yes, um, some people, you know, will just kind of take your word for it, but make a comment like, look, I'm, I can't put this in writing because I haven't pulled your credit yet. Um, so they can run different scenarios if you right. just give them a kind of a credit range over the phone or in person when you're meeting with them. Um, but. I want to see what they have to offer. I want to see how well versed they are and how to structure a loan, the different loan programs out there, um, the benefits and you know just pros and cons associated with everything. Um, if I sit down with somebody and and they've just talked about interest rate, interest rate, interest rate, interest rate, I'm not going to take out a loan with them. I want to know all facets of it. Tell me about the short and long-term financial benefits based on what you're proposing. Do you think that 30-year mortgage is the only mortgage to do? It depends on the specific situation. These numbers, guys, it always depends on the numbers. <laughs> yes, it depends on the specific situation. Um, you know, me personally, I, I've, I own eight or nine houses. Um, I've got some of them on 30-year notes. I've got some of them on 15-year notes, and I've got some of them on 10-year notes. Yeah. Um, with a lot of my rental property portfolio, my goal is to get those things paid off. Yep, and just have passive cash flow exactly. all day long. Exactly. So you want 10-year, 15-year, quick I'm willing to. I'm willing to sacrifice a little cash flow today for that really big cash flow down the road. Um, a lot of people take the approach of, they want their mortgage payment being as little as possible to free up money to invest in other things. So then you have to start running numbers based on opportunity cost, return on investment with those other things per se. So it's different for everybody's situation. Right. Um, what, I, what I don't like is when you sit down with a consumer and you're talking through these types of things and you, you say, all right, you're leaning towards this 30 year, you're gonna take that extra money and you're gonna invest it to, to get that return on investment that we've discussed instead of going with the 15 year. And they're like, well, I'm just, you know, I don't really know what to do with it or this or that. Well, then we're not comparing apples to apples here. We need to compare apples to apples on a monthly cash flow outlay perspective. Well, and it's one of those things too is, because you're not a financial advisor, but you kind of are in that way because... And that's what I was mentioning earlier with the fiduciary responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got in the mortgage business a while ago, um, one of the gentlemen that I worked with, his name was David Lucas. He is a financial advisor now. He's gotten out of the mortgage business. But he he made a comment to me, uh, and I, it's something along the lines of, managing your assets without managing your liabilities in the same way. So, you know, your brokerage accounts, your retirement accounts, so on and so forth, are your assets, and then your liabilities are gonna be your mortgage loan. Mm -hmm. So not mixing those together and managing them in the same way is like heating and cooling your house with the windows wide open. And it took me a couple of years because I was a newbie at that point in time, but it took me a couple of years to really understand what he meant by that, but now I see it all day long. People come in, they want this type of mortgage, they're dead set on that because their mom or dad or aunt or uncle or grandma and grandpa said that's the way it's got to be. You need an FHA 30-year fixed yes, rate, Johnny. Exactly. It's got the lowest rate out there. 3.2, and it's going to lock in today. But, Sorry, but, that's my grandpa. <laughs> but it just doesn't coincide right. with what they've got going on over here. Or their goals. Exactly. That so. makes perfect sense. So how do you feel like that would happen? And this is totally like kind of a crazy question, but I just it just hit me. Because like I know for us, the difference between a realtor and appraiser would be like 350 hours test, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. $350, excuse me, like 60 hours. 
And then on the appraisal side, it's like 3,000 hours, you know, and supervision and all this stuff. Is it that big of a difference between financial advisors and mortgage lenders, or are they both fairly open? Oh, it's a big difference. It's like, a big, huge difference. Yeah. I mean, you have to, to become a financial advisor, you've got to, you know, study, go get six, six, seven, you know, all these types of things. Um, I have buddies that are in that world and some of them it's taken years to, to obtain all the licensing that they have today. Whereas in the mortgage industry, um, it's a couple of days worth of work and then, you know, continuing education for, yeah. you know, few hours every year. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you particularly on the show, because one of the things I know about you is that you're very good at your job and there are very few mortgage lenders in this market that have your skill level. Um, yes and no. There, there's, there's good people. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there's, there's good and bad people at every bank that are right. good at their job and bad at their job. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we have a we have a lot of good mortgage lenders in Central Arkansas. I've got friends and acquaintances at multiple institutions around town, um, and they're they're really good at their job. Uh, I just actually referred my uncle to somebody at another bank two hours ago. Right, because um, they had a better product. Well, called me up, told me what he was looking to do. I told them, my buddy over here is going to have a product exactly for that. Here's a cell number. Call him up. And I know it's going to get taken care of. Yeah. There's that there's that trust level out there, and say, and, and it's reciprocated back and forth amongst us. You know, those people that that do business the same way as you're right. describing. Well, and so what I guess I'm getting at is that there are not so there's good and there's bad. And I think what I get fearful about is consumers and people that listen to the podcast. They get excited and they want to go out and buy real estate and invest in real estate. They don't know how to make sure their loan officer or their mortgage lender really knows not only what they're talking about, but what we just mentioned, that fiduciary responsibility, assuming the liability that's going to happen to your client. I mean, that's me. I take emotional responsibility for everything in a transaction. The buyer will have a bad day. I'll take it. So, <laughs> so I know for you that that has to be true as well, just with the responsibility of what you're going to get them into for 30 years. How does an consumer and how do they pick the right loan officer how do they know the intention it, it, it's it's just the misconception of interest rate is the only thing that matters right um we have people that call our office all day long what's your 30-year fixed rate today on what loan what's your credit score how much are you putting Where down you? yes and it, it it's not that simple it's not that simple um you know i i kind of dabble in the marketing associated with our bank and run some of the social media accounts for the department and uh, actually we, we came up with a post about two months ago um, people will take 15 minutes to figure out what shark they are on Facebook but they won't take 15 minutes to come at, in and sit down with a mortgage lender and talk through different options available that makes no sense oh it's 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 crazy it's absurd um, and that's my clients, that's what I try to do. I try to get them in. I've got a TV in my office, kind of walk through numbers, show them the pros and the cons, the short and long-term financial ramifications of the decisions that are, they're going to be making, and then let them walk out of there and make their own decision. Yeah. I, I love promoting them to go meet with other people and then give me a call. Yeah. Um, because that's how you can tell. Sitting down with somebody, looking at the rates, looking at the fees, looking at how they're going to actually structure the loan, explaining the reasoning why they're structuring the loan that way. And to me, the biggest factor isn't interest rate, it's not fees, it's how long are you going to be in the home, how long are we going to have this mortgage, and then let's go from there and structure everything accordingly. Right. Well, that makes perfect sense. And my other question is, so for someone who knows so much about mortgage and who has all these different notes on your rental properties, what do you feel like? Just opinion question. What do you feel like is the best like real estate investment? Is it commercial? Is it multifamily? Is it? 
I'm the type of person, if I don't know something about some, if I don't know about something, I'm not going to fake it. Um, I've had a couple opportunities to invest in commercial real estate. I don't know about that. Right. I don't know about fire codes. I don't know about elevator codes. I don't know about all those things. Yeah. So I'm not going to invest my money in Sounds that. scary. Yeah. I, I, you know, get a call in the middle of the night. Hey, something's going on. Fire could be alarm, blah, blah, blah. I know about mortgage lending. I know about residential homes. So that's why I feel comfortable putting my money there. Um, I like it. When I had more time back in the day before the kids and the extracurriculars and all that really ramped up, I flipped houses, you know, pretty frequently as Fun. well. Um, and like you said earlier, there were some good ones and there were some bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, uh, I, I like and feel comfortable with long-term rental property investments. I, I, I just do. So do you think that people... Um, when they're building a rental portfolio, do you think that they're best to buy that first house on a mortgage and then wait for some equity and build on a cross collateralization like sort of route? Or do you think that? Yeah, yes and no. That's a that's a good strategic plan, but it takes so much time yeah. uh, to, for those equity positions to build based on the way that mortgage loans are aimed out. I'm your agent. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so I, you know, when I'm looking for a property to purchase uh, as a rental property, uh, I'm in the industry, so I, you know a lot of the realtors that I work with know what I'm looking for. So I'll get yeah. emails once or twice a month. I got a steal over here, here. I got a steal over there. So I'm looking to to right now. I look to cash flow rental properties on 15 year notes. Yeah. Um, that's kind of you know it's a great strategy. And I'm looking in the price point between 120 and 160, somewhere in that price point because it's a little bit easier to cash flow those on 15 year notes than it is under that or above that. Well, I'm going to give you a product. This is my gift to you. Um, <laughs> you can sell this. I want to do the same thing, only I want to start it as an investment program for parents so that when the kid turns like, you know, eight or whatever on a 10-year note, mm -hmm. or they turn five or whatever, you do if you're 15-year note. Yeah. But the idea is you pay for the house while they're growing up, mm -hmm. and they turn 18, and then you're like, oh, did you want me to pay for college? Here you go. So <laughs> I, sell this. <laughs> I've actually got a buddy who has four children, and he has done that every time a child has been born. This guy is my hero. Yes. This, is the, this is the person he, that he, my kid is 12 now. I have mm. six years to pay his house yes. off and I um, just got it. He's, you know, he's a, he and I used to work at a bank together. Um, you know, I still have lunch with him at least once a month, but he does that exact thing. Brilliant. So, as soon as his wife gets pregnant and they've got four kids, they're on the hunt. Yep. Buy it, put it on a 15 year note, make sure it cash flows. That's their college fund. Yep. Not only is it their college fund, but we're in the day of it's not college anymore for everybody. Some of them go to trade school or real estate or whatever, and then they have a house to live in. They have an asset to rent out. They have all these things. They've got collateral to utilize for whatever they want to do. And it's four times what you're going to save for college in that amount. Well, and you're not paying for it. The tenant is. Boom. And you're building equity. Exactly. So pretty much Lee and I just solved all your problems for investment. <laughs> I do want to ask a couple more questions because just quickly, who is the ideal client for Eagle Bank? Somebody looking to buy a house. Yep. Um, you Sounds know, like we, they're going to get all the answers. <laughs> well, it's, you know, we do all sorts of loans. Um, we do, you know, $40,000 home purchase mortgages. Um, we do million-dollar jumbo mortgages. So anybody who's looking to buy a house or rates are good right now, possibly refinance. Um, a lot of people have looked into refinancing and are kind of watching the market there um, because refinance opportunities are available. That's mm -hmm. for sure. It seems like we've totally recovered from the recession, I would think, just in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, it, the economy seems good. Yeah. I mean, it does. The housing market is really good. Yeah, and 10 years ago, so I started looking back because I was in Vegas while it was happening here. 
So I came here and I started looking back in your historical sales. Mm -hmm. And it's like everything that kind of regressed in that period has sort of hit even at mm -hmm. this point. So we're ready. Yeah. You know, if you were worried about your equity, holler at your agent because mm -hmm. you might be in a good position. Oh, yeah. So um, the last thing I have to ask is the thing I ask all of my people on the show because I think music is really important. I think it expresses a lot about who we are. So when you're just like having that day and you're like, I am done with your mortgages and your kids and everything mm -hmm. else. Yes. <laughs> what's the jam? What's your jam? Phil Collins in the air tonight. Yes! Oh, yes. that's the best one that's that, ever been said on the show. It, um, anybody that's ever worked with me would answer that same the question. Exact same way. Um, and anybody, <laughs> and anybody that has lived around me over the last ten to fifteen years would probably answer that question the that exact is same amazing. way. Yes. Okay, so when we end the episode, we're gonna have that fading out at the end. I it's like gonna it. be perfect. I so, like it. well, I have to say, I appreciate everything Eagle Bank has done for me, oh, and I enjoyed my family, it. and our business, and yeah. we appreciate you individually. So, thank you for sharing your value with us. No problem. I okay. enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next round, Jamie Taylor with the Block Talk. We're out. <laughs>